Welcome to Married to History, where we try to be informative, entertaining, and family-friendly. Aloha! I'm Christopher. I have a fancy piece of paper on my wall that says that I know more about history than most people do, and I also have a speech impediment. <laughs> you really do, though. I don't have a speech impediment, now, but sometimes it gets me. Yes. Well, I do have that slurping thing that I do. I, I don't even notice that. So I don't notice it either unless I'm listening to a recording of myself, and then I notice it, and it's like, oh, I'm so self-conscious about the it. The thing I notice more than anything is the you do that both of us do. do that a lot like before like if we're not talking and then we're suddenly gonna start talking anyways like well, that you do well, a little well, click i do it too now i'm probably gonna be self-conscious about that <laughs> all right okay I'm usually that. usually i can edit it out oh okay <laughs> so, well that might explain why i haven't been noticing yeah <laughs> i'm shirley i'm a homeschool mom that relies on good curriculum christopher and six the musical to teach our kids history that's a good one for teaching history i like that musical you didn't like it at first. I didn't like lots of things at first, probably to... just because you recommended them. Yeah, that, I, that's how it goes. All right. Well, I have a history question for you today, honey. I love history questions. If Lennon was a dictator, then why did the Beatles let him into their band? Oh, my goodness. Oh, give me strength. Why do you act like that? It's a good... What do you mean? Why do I act like that? I'm asking a genuine question. This is not a job. <laughs> And what was Lennon the dictator of? I thought he was British like the rest of the band. I don't get it. <laughs> I hope that Beatles fans around the world show up at our house and stone you. <laughs> and I don't mean marijuana stone. I mean throw rocks at you. Uh-huh. All right. So John Lennon yes. of the Beatles was not a great guy. I didn't say he was, but he was a great musician. True. Vladimir Lenin from Russia mm-hmm. was not a great musician, at least not to my knowledge. I'm not aware of him playing any music. <laughs> Maybe he was. John Lennon was. All right, I'm going to go with you. I, I don't know for, he was lived after the 50s, so I don't really much yeah. care about it. So I don't he, know all the great details of, I yeah. don't think I know practically anything about his life other than his time with with the Beatles and with Yoko Ono and with getting shot. I uh, just know he was not a great husband or father. Okay, that's... And not, then there was that whole thing with Yoko. That, that sounds unfortunate. All right, so yes, I, I, I know almost nothing yeah. about John Lennon. Uh, Vladimir Lennon, however, was also not a savory guy. Okay. All right, so Vladimir Lennon... Uh-huh. Was he related to Putin? Hmm. Vladimir Putin. I have no idea if he has a relation to Putin. I, I, I do not know. I have not studied the family tree in that regard. So, yes, Vladimir Lenin was a very unslavery guy. And I have to admit, I don't remember whether or not he could be counted as a dictator. It is undeniable that his successor to power in the Soviet Union, Stalin, was a dictator. But off the top of my head, I cannot say for sure that what Lenin was able to do during his lifetime would quite count as being dictatorial. Oh, really? I would I wouldn't be surprised if he was, but like I can't think of anything ironclad right now that oh, oh yes, he definitely was a dictator. He was definitely in charge. Okay. Oh, and I guess there was nobody questioning him then okay, that just by that that would count as a, so I was 
I was thinking more of like, okay, what actions did he do? But well, then, how no, do you define dictator? Well, well dictator is the one, the person who is an autocrat, is one person who's in charge. So this is this is something that gets into bits of icky argument with people from time to time. Uh-huh. Okay, an autocrat is what we call it when there is one person in charge. Okay, there are different types of autocracy. A king would be an autocrat. A king is a type of autocrat, but there so there are different types of autocracy, and some people more than others argue about the the nuance of difference between them okay so a king is a monarchy but a monarchy or a monarch is also an autocrat but not necessarily a dictator but not necessarily a dictator in some connotations so i teach this vocabulary because it's in the textbooks and it's on the curriculum so my (laughs) students need to be able to know these terms and how to define them but uh, largely the the only thing that and this really The closest I can get is the idea of dictator is somebody that has no limits on their power. A king arguably still has some manner of limit to his power in that, well, in that in monarchies typically God puts you in that place. A dictator, we don't say God puts you in that place. He's in that place and you can't get rid of him. I would argue. That dictator definitely implies a negative connotation as well. Dicta- like, know, that would if, be another if you're one, yeah. a benevolent autocrat, you wouldn't be a dictator. So, so it, there's a fair argument for semantics, basically, okay. in that, all right, no matter what you call it, you still got an autocrat. You still got one person uh-huh. who's in charge calling the shots. Yeah. Some people who might argue that, oh, no, well, the, a king or an emperor or a dictator or a supreme leader or a Cult consul leader. general or secretary general okay. all has different connotations. Like, no, that's just a different title basically for the same thing, really, because okay. you're still talking about one guy in power. And for some people that might say, oh, oh but the, this person or that person has limits to their power, then I would say, okay, well, then they're not an autocrat. There's some different, yeah. like, so to put it into perspective, the United States is not a democracy. The right. United States is not a republic. If we were a democracy, that would mean that we as voters have all power. Mm-hmm. If we were a republic, that would mean that Congress by itself has all power. Uh-huh. But we are a constitutional republic. Congress has limits. The Constitution mm is what is the supreme power in our country. So uh, England, for example, they refer to themselves as a constitutional monarchy because, yes, their monarch doesn't have any power. The constitution is what has the power in their government. Right. So, yes. uh, So Sounds complex and nuanced, and I don't care. (laughs) Yes, and again, I would say that's why there's this fair argument for semantic, really. Yeah. So I I could be wrong, but I honestly think that dictator was was a new term that either was invented or it became widely used around about the days of Hitler and Stalin uh-huh. to to create this new category that we yeah. wanted to, because these guys were so bad, so awful, yeah. we, we need a new word. It's propaganda. We can't just, we can't just go with autocrat anymore. Right. <laughs> so Vladimir Lenin is the, I believe, the founding member of the, of the Bolshevik party. I, I might be getting my de- details wrong here. Uh, the Bolsheviks, I believe, were a political party in Russia at the mm-hmm. time of the Russian Revolution of 1917, 1918. Okay. The Soviet Union, or sorry, the, the Soviet was the name that was given to the working class of people. Okay. So if I'm, and I might be getting these two mixed up, it might have been the other way around, but I'm pretty sure the Soviet was the name given to the, the third class, the lower class, the mm-hmm. working class people, and the Bolshevik party was the leading party, or at least one of the leading parties, eventually the only party of the Soviet. 
So it's like the party of the people. Yeah, so uh, let, let's say that the United States and Canada were deciding to get together and to join together in one nation. We would have the Canadians and we would have the Americans. And then within the Canadians, they would have various different political parties. Uh-huh. And within the United States, we would still have the Democrats and the Republicans and various other political parties. Okay. So I believe the Bolsheviks were a political party within the Soviet. Are okay. you looking this up? Of course I am. Okay. So... Lenin had always been a revolutionary. If I remember correctly, he was educated in Germany, but I might be getting wrong there. At some point before World War I breaks out, I don't remember when, Lenin is put into exile by Tsar Nicholas. Are you going to make me read this? Well, it says, definition, Bolshevik is a member of a wing of the Russian Social Democratic Workers' Party, led by Vladimir Lenin. Okay. So a Bolshevik is a member of the Russian of Social the political Democrat party workers party. Yeah. Okay. So I think I got it right. right. Okay, I don't know. <laughs> so anyway, so Lenin is uh, put into exile. I believe he lives in Switzerland. I might be remembering that wrong. Okay. But again, so this is all before World War One comes into being. So um, it's it's very uh, arguable that uh, if it hadn't been for World War One, that some of these things might have happened anyway. But World War One definitely puts a lot of pieces into perspective and make and makes this process become really lightning fast so to talk about how lenin comes into being you need to briefly touch on russia's situation in world war one russia is very much an underdog they are out of date in their industry they're out of date in their transportation systems they're out of date in their weapons and they don't have a lot of the experienced officers, experienced leaders that they need. Russian casualties are horrendous during World War One. Okay. German, uh, German weak divisions, uh, German soldiers that are the out of shape guys, the guys wearing glasses and whatnot, are beating and devastating the Russian army on the Eastern Front during I World War One. I wear glasses. You're calling me weak? You are not the superb soldier candidate. I'm not the master race. Okay, that we're not going there. No. Okay, I'll delete that. <laughs> well, you don't have to delete it, but I'm, I'm not entertaining that idea. <laughs> okay. All right. So to try to make things better, Tsar Nicholas decides that, all right, well, I'm going to take command of the army myself. That's worse. Casualties okay. get worse. He, he's he's not a military commander. The people like him well enough, uh-huh. but yeah, when he takes over the army, then it's it, things get drastically worse. And Russia already has lots of other problems too. The people are hungry. Like I said, they don't have the industry. They don't have the infrastructure. There's a lot of unhappiness in Russia. Nicholas leaving for the front lines in World War One makes things worse because not only is he not helping at the front, he's making mm-hmm. the war worse. He leaves his wife behind, who hires this uh, unsavory dude. <gasps> you might have heard of by the name of Rasputin to be the administrator of the mm-hmm. empire while she's supposed to be running the show uh-huh. and he is so there, there are lots of stories about him without going into all the the witchcraft and other stories yeah. about him it is true that he was a very corrupt man and uh-huh. that he put corrupt slash incompetent people into positions of power uh-huh. so things were not getting better he was also probably poisoning their young son that is one of the many charges against him, yes. Yeah. This all boils down to eventually there being a revolution in Russia. Zarni- okay, sorry. I need you to slow down because I, literally my only basis for knowledge of the history of Russia is the movie Anastasia. 
And so okay. I'm like trying to take all this. We're in. not. We're not at Anastasia. Okay. Just okay. Yet. I know this, and that's why I have no like nothing that so you're every, saying yeah, is going in. Everything I talked about before <laughs> is building up to Anastasia. Okay. So we're at. We're in World War One right now. We're in World War One right now. Yes. And Tsar Nicholas is still on the throne. Yes. And his country is not doing so great. His country is not doing great. No. Okay. So Tsar Nicholas is leading the troops. Yes. He's not at home on the throne. Correct. Okay, go ahead. And arguably, this is the only reason why Rasputin comes into any manner right. of being. Okay. Arguably, if he was back at home, Rasputin might have been a blip in history. At okay. Best. Okay, so continue. What were you saying? All right. So all of these, uh, all of this unhappiness, all of these problems lead to revolution in Russia. And I want during to point, the war, World War One. During World War One, yes. Okay. So, and I want to point out the Russian capital at this time is St. Petersburg, not Moscow. Okay. So, uh, so the rev- revolutions finally happen. Eventually, Nicholas is convinced that all right, he, he, this isn't going to work out well for him. So he agrees to abdicate the throne. But as is common in revolutions, the different political parties, the divisions amongst the people, can't quite decide how we're going to work this thing out together. What new right. kind of government we're going to do? How we're going to run the show or whatnot? People are real in, bad at getting along. In particular, green. there are two large divisions between what we call the Duma and the Soviet. The okay. Duma are the the upper class people that want to uh, like and nobility. No, not so. There are probably nobility members in them, but it's like the the educated class, the wealthy class, the okay. merchant class, and then the Soviet, which are the working class people. Okay. They're often referred to as the white and the red groups. The white being the Duma and uh-huh. the red being the Soviet. That's why the Soviet Union oh. still adopts red as its color. Wait, why the colors though? I I do not necessarily know what the reason was for choosing stuck. those colors. Okay. The the old answer that I've always gotten was that red because of the blood of the patriots, but I have no red, idea how the blood honest that of is. Angry men. I have no idea how honest <laughs> that is in this case and why the Duma chose white. I don't know that okay. is white throughout history has been a status of virtue and purity and whatnot, so that might have been the reason why they right. went with white. Okay. So anyway, there are at least two different yeah. congresses, if you will, established in Russia during this time. Okay. There is the Duma, the White Congress, and there is the Soviet, the Red Congress. And the two of them are still bickering, arguing with each other mm-hmm. long after World War One is over. Well, maybe not long after, but still after World War One is over. Okay. So the eventual winner is going to be the Soviet under Lenin. Oh, so I kind of got ahead of myself. Yeah. Lenin is still in Switzerland in exile during when all this begins. Okay. When the Germans find out that all of this upheaval is starting to happen in Russia and they want Russia out of the war, they find Lenin, uh-huh. stick him on a train, and send him to Russia to make things worse. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, sorry. Pause. Where was Lenin? He was in Switzerland, I believe. Because he was in exile. Yes. Why was he in exile again? He was in exile because he was a revolutionary. Okay. I think I passed out during that part <laughs> like none of what you said about him. Yeah, he was, he was in exile because he was a revolutionary. Okay, so he was just a threat. Mm-hmm. And so German's like, excellent. Yes, yeah, so like this guy can fan the flames of what's going on bad in Russia. Okay, I'm with you. All right, so yeah, so Lenin gets put on a train, gets over there, and like I said, he's the leader of the Bolshevik party, the leading uh-huh. party in the Soviet. Um, I, I know I've read this so many times that I've taught this not uh, too long ago uh-huh. also. So I don't remember all the, all the details in, in the middle of this for a bit. But eventually, the Duma... While still inexistent and still claiming to be the legitimate government of Russia, they are not the ones really controlling the strings. The Soviets are the ones that take over in a running show Nick- under the control of Lenin, or rather Lenin is the party leader. But Nicholas is still a king? 
Nicholas at some point, at some point around us, I don't remember the dates. He had already abdicated, abdicated before this happened. He gets put okay. under house arrest, I believe, by the Soviets. The okay. Duma might have put him under house arrest. And then at some point, I might be getting this wrong. I think that he tries to sneak his family out or simply a mob breaks into the palace where he's being where he's being kept and uh-huh. they uh, he and his family I don't remember if they're taken to a basement or they hide in the basement uh-huh. but whoever it is that breaks into the palace find them they get put into a basement either because they were hiding there or that's where they're found uh-huh. or sorry or that's where they're taken and yeah the whole royal family is executed now we're to the movie yes now we're to the movie have you heard there's a rumor in St. Petersburg the song in the movie, yes. I've <laughs> no, heard have that you heard song. the rumor? I was asking a question. <laughs> yes, there is the rumor that Anastasia survived. There was a woman. Um, I don't remember when she died, but there was a woman. I think she came about at least sometime in the 50s or 60s yeah. who claimed, to the best of my knowledge, to her dying day, yeah. and her husband introduced her as the Empress Anastasia. Yeah, the it, was all, Anastasia. it was all lies. Yeah, oh, okay. no, I, none of the children were missing. Oh, yeah, I, I, didn't rem- I didn't remember if they'd ever found definitive proof on the I'm matter or sure. not. But yes, I, I had always believed that, no, she was not who she claimed she was. My understanding was always that the entire family had been killed. I feel like I found out recently, not that it happened recently, but mm-hmm. like I was aware recently that it was confirmed that no one was missing. Or like all okay. the bodies were recovered. I'm I'm pretty confident that that Anastasia did die with the rest. Okay. Yeah. All right. So yes, the 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 Russian royal family is murdered at that point in time. Did this so all happen no once back. upon a December though? I do not remember. Like I said, I do not That's remember the date song. of when the. Uh, so there's lots of events once that go on during this revolution, and I do not remember the chronology of it all. Okay. Uh, you know, off the top of my head. Got it. Sorry, so the, the royal but family did Rasputin have a bat friend? <laughs> to the best of my knowledge, no. And Rasputin is killed before the royal family is killed. All right. Okay, so, I, I'll stop. Go going ahead. back to Lenin, Sorry. who you were asking Sorry. me about. <laughs> Sorry. So, uh, Len- one of Lenin's main promises to the people is that once the Bolsheviks take over, once the uh-huh. Soviet takes over, the war will end. He will pull Russia out of the war the right revolution. then and there. Yeah, he promises the revolution. He promises okay. that we will pull, we will end the war, we will get Russia out right away. Okay. So, and he lives up to that promise. He So at, in uh, 1917, near the end of World uh-huh. War One. Pretty sure it's 17. I might be getting my years wrong here. He does make a deal. I believe it's called the Treaty of Brest-Litovsk uh, or something like that, uh-huh. where, uh, where the Soviet and the German Empire make an agreement that, all right, Russia is allowed to leave the war, but they give up a huge chunk of land. Almost everything uh-huh. between Germany almost all the way up to Moscow is ceded. Germany's going to get a huge chunk of it. The Austrian Empire is going to get a huge chunk of it. And the Ottoman Empire is even going to get a little chunk of it uh, down uh, down towards the uh, Black Sea. Wait, 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 wait. So this is all still happening during World War One. Yes, this is all still happening during World War One. So Lenin agrees to this because, like, thanks because Germany for sending me home. He made a promise. No, okay. he made a promise to the people. We'll get, get out of the war. This and, was the way to get land. out of the war. Okay, okay, yeah. got it. To the best of my knowledge, he didn't suffer anything terribly 
uh, punishing as a consequence of giving up all that land, and it helped that they get all that land back at the end of World War One. Anyway, so, uh, do you see my confusion? Yes, because we don't have time to go in depth, <laughs> like really, really in depth on all of these. I, I would have to do a prepared episode to give you the chronology, the, okay. the chronological order of it all. Anyway. So the Soviets are the ones that are not officially, but they're pretty much running the show in With Russia Lenin. at this time. And they cease to be Russia. It is now the USSR, the United Soviet States Republic. With Lenin at the head. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and the Tsar Nicholas and his family dead. Yes, they're okay, gone. Okay, I'm with uh, you. So yes, Lenin, I don't remember what Lenin's title is, but he is the leader of the Bolshevik Party, so therefore he's the leader of the Soviet, so therefore he's the leader of the Soviet Union. Got it. So for a uh, while after that, the so World War One does eventually end. Russia uh-huh. is already out of it. When it does end, after the peace conference, Russia ends up getting back most of that land that it ceded to Germany Who in the deal. gave it to them? So I, this is one of the things where I'm curious about because Russia was not invited to the peace delegation. Most okay. of Europe continued to recognize the Duma, the white government, as the legitimate government of Russia. They refused to recognize the Soviet. Oh. If I remember correctly, it's actually after the peace process is over that Germany, of all countries, I think, is the first one to recognize the Soviet Union as the legitimate nation of Russia, right. or the legitimate government of Russia. Well, of course Germany but would, because that's who they helped put in power. But I might be getting that deal wrong. Well, no, because Kaiser Wilhelm went about that process. Kaiser Wilhelm is not Kaiser of Germany anymore. Oh my Ger- god! Germany is not an empire after World War One anymore. Oh, so it's the, it's the Weimar gosh. Republic. Germany becomes an imposed republic because of the peace process after World War One. that I believe they are the first ones to recognize the Soviet Union as the legitimate government of russia remind me to never ask a question about european history ever again european history can get quite complicated it's <laughs> too much there, there, there's, a, there's a lot of a lot of uh, <laughs> behind the scenes stuff that most people don't think about yes i'm having iron curtain flashbacks like <laughs> that was so painful <laughs> there's too much okay go on so soviets okay. go. <laughs> so well okay so Going back to Lenin, he's in charge. So I do not remember all the details about what specifically happens to him. He dies. I I think there are rumors that he's killed, but I don't think those rumors are ever confirmed. I think he does die of natural causes of some kind. Was there a rumor in St. Petersburg, though? I don't know. Okay. Because at some point between then and now, the capital does get moved to Moscow. I don't remember when the capital does get oh. moved to Moscow. <laughs> okay. Lenin is not in charge for all that long, though, because before the 20s come about, I'm pretty... I, I, I really wish... I, I don't remember when he died. I want to say 22. Up? Look it up. I'll look it up. I remember when we talked about Stalin, um, we talked about Lenin's, like, huge mausoleum that he was, like, laid to rest in, mm-hmm. and it was, like, a tourist destination. Uh, January 1924. 24. Okay. It was a couple of years off. Uh-huh. Right. So He was 53. He fell into a coma. Okay. His, his official cause of death was recorded as an incurable disease of the blood vessels, whatever that means. That means that they didn't know what it was at the time. Cool. Okay, so he died and... So, yes, he dies and Joseph Stalin will eventually emerge as the leader of the party. And this is how he... So this is going to warrant like a whole... Talking about Stalin could warrant a whole other episode. So we did do... We did talk about Stalin. We did talk about Stalin? Well, we talked a lot about Cold War, so he came up a lot. Okay, well, we didn't talk about Stalin's rise to power, I'm guessing, in that no. case. No. Okay, uh, go for it. Do you want me... To, 
I'm just going to go into how Stalin came you into power. You can't go too and deep. I won't go no. at what Stalin did afterwards. Right. No. So this is how Stalin came into power. Stalin was a nobody. He was a thug. I, just a thug. He, he extorted people. He was a bully. That, that, okay. That's really all he was. He did a couple of small things here and there. I think he did a bank robbery once or twice. For like, real? Mugged people occasionally. But he, he was just a thug. He, he, wasn't, he wasn't party leadership material. Mm. But his thug skills, and particularly his... Um, I don't think sadist would be the right word, but darn close to it, uh-huh. that ability was useful to the party, especially during the revolutionary years. Oh. The revolution now is over. His skill set, not necessary anymore. Not high in need The anymore. Soviets are definitely in charge. The rest of the world they're, they're, agrees. They're slowly consolidating. The Soviets are slowly consolidating the power. Anybody, okay. The Duma is still around, but it's pretty obvious as time goes by that the Dumont okay. has no authority, and the Soviets are the clear winners. Got it. So as kind of a throwaway job to kind of like appease him, but also get rid of him at the same time, uh-huh. they do give him a government position, but it's not one of the leadership positions that he wants. Uh-huh. They make him, if I remember correctly, something to the effect of secretary general. I have his no idea job, what that means. Go ahead. Well, this is what it is. His job is to, like, he's the one who's supposed to make appointments uh, take meeting notes. He's a secretary. Yeah, he's basically a glorified secretary. Okay. Secretary with a title. But Stalin does something very, very clever. Mm-hmm. He realizes that as secretary, he gets to do the invoices and whatnot, which means that if there's going to be a meeting, an important meeting, uh-huh. he's the one that sends out the invitations. He's the one that determines who goes to this meeting and he can make sure that it is people that he can manipulate or people that owe him favors or people that he can control no and he uses this position as secretary getting to decide who goes to what meetings who didn't get their invitation and thus proves that oh they're not loyal to the party because they didn't show up at this meeting he uses that to manipulate his way to the top that's so smart yes Okay, so he's doing this job while Lenin is still alive? Lenin is still in charge at the time, and uh, after Lenin passes away, I I don't remember all the finer details between that moment where he passes Uh away and Stalin actually becoming the undisputed boss, but that is how Stalin goes from being a nobody that Uh arguably should have been forgotten after the revolution or maybe had a paragraph in a history book after the revolution to being the secretary general of the Soviet Union. And Lenin Unless I'm mistaken, and... that's what he continues to call himself throughout his entire time. He calls himself the Secretary General. Look that up, because now I'm doubting okay. that. Pretty sure he calls himself the Secretary General or something like that okay. th- throughout the whole time. And so Lenin and none of the other like high up party leaders were wise to this oh, underhanded no, stop. There were there there were people that were wise to it and tried to stop him, but he had because of his position and because of his bullying capability, he had more power or more intimidation than they did. Did he bust some kneecaps? I don't know about kneecaps per se, but yes, there were definitely threats and intimidations, if not actual murders or actual maimings of people. I dare say that uh, his probably his greatest political rival or nemesis was a man by the name of Trotsky, and so there was. I've a, heard that name. Was he a writer or something? Uh, I think so. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. So, he was a rival. Go so ahead. I'm not. There might have been two guys named Trotsky, and I might be getting them mixed up now. But because um, I want to say it was Leon Trotsky. There's a political rivalry between the two of them. Trotsky knows that Stalin is, if I remember correctly, Trotsky knows that Stalin is a bad dude. Stalin knows that Trotsky is a good dude and a threat to his power. Because uh-huh. while Stalin is definitely a guy who wants power, Stalin is not loyal to the, the Marxist-Leninist cause 
Stalin is a guy who sees a, uh, an opportunity for himself to take power. Okay. Trotsky, I believe, is a dedicated a communist Marxist guy. So yeah, there's that rival between them, and Stalin does eventually get the upper hand in this case, and Trotsky goes into exile. Oh. And I, do, I know that Stalin, or at least there's rumors that Stalin has the secret police go out and try to find him, try to kill him on a number of occasions, but I think Stalin gets lucky, and Trotsky actually does die of natural causes not too long afterwards. But huh. I'm not sure, because now we're getting into stuff that I like. I know I've read about, but it's been so long, and there's so many details in it all, and right. it's all jumbling together in my head. Right. Okay, I, I, uh, you're going to have to look it up later to see what he called himself. I'm not finding it in a quick Google uh, search. Okay. Right, so that that, that is who that is who Vladimir Lenin is. He is the the leader, arguably uh-huh. the greatest hero, the ultimate ended up governor, the winner in the Russian Revolution, uh-huh. uh, who will be the leader of the Communist Party, the leader of the Soviet Union, and yeah, he is the he is the father, uh, or I shouldn't say the father, he is the father of uh, of Leninism, I guess you could say. So he was a Marxist. He was following Colin Marx his Communist Manifesto. Did you say Colin Marx? Karsha said Carl. I did say Colin. That's <laughs> Karl Marx. Like Colin. So, so Marx is the one who came up with the idea of communism, or at least Marx is the one who published something to make communism, the idea of communism, be known. Yeah. I want to say that he got a lot of his ideas from something else, and they weren't all original, but I could be wrong about that. Eh, but matter. Lenin is the one who brought it to the world like stage. Like, put it actually, into practice. Yeah, that actually tried to put it into practice. And even then, I want to be clear, uh-huh. nobody has done it the way that Marx said. There were a lot of details, a lot of rules, conditions that Marx put into the Communist Manifesto that said, all right, if we're going to create a communist state, these things need to be done. Nobody, and I mean nobody that has claimed to be communist has actually followed his instructions. They have all tried to skip steps and or just ignore sections of it and try to get to the end instead of doing all the steps necessary. And in so doing, whether Uh on purpose or as a consequence of, have never actually created a communist state, have always ended up creating dictatorial states. Oh, so you're in favor of true Marxism. Awesome. Good I did not say that. I did not say that at all. <laughs> what I said was that no attempt at actually mm-hmm. establishing communism or socialism, of which I am aware, has ever actually been successful. Okay, cool. Which is why I laugh whenever some people today say that, oh, we... we, we, we uh, even some people who recognize that it's never been done successfully, mm-hmm. like when you point to them that, okay, you realize that everything that you think is good about socialism or communism has never worked, uh-huh. then the classic argument that one gets is like, oh, well, okay, well, so the others, they didn't do it right, but we're going to do it right this time. I'm thinking, you realize that's what all of the others say. It's like, <laughs> oh, they're going to do it right this time. Well, yeah. I- I'm sure that our politicians today, while trying to solve many of the problems that we've been trying to solve for mm-hmm. who knows how long, I'm sure all of them, every day when they get into the, the congressional chamber to vote on something, every day they tell themselves, oh, today we're going to get it right. Well, yeah. Yeah, that, that seems like human nature. Yes. The pride and all that. Yes. <laughs> oh, I, I, I know I'm guilty of that, too. Whenever whenever I'm trying to teach my students something that I know I've struggled with or that they've struggled with in the past, I think to myself, today, today Today's my students are going to learn this. <laughs> right. I'm going to teach them how to carry that one. <laughs> Spoiler alert, they don't. <laughs> Most of my students know how to carry the one. Well, that's good. Yeah. Well, that's pretty great, then. Then you are a good teacher. I am a good teacher. <laughs> All right. Well, Lennon has nothing to do with the Beatles then? 
No, Lennon has nothing okay. to do with the Beatles, not to my knowledge. I have I no idea if John Lennon has any relation to no. Vladimir Lennon. I really doubt yeah. it. The last name is spelled differently. Oh, okay. Well, that would be in the well. That in no. itself isn't that is itself isn't necessary because plenty of people from one True. country have changed their names or the spelling of their names or the pronunciation of their names. True. And it's entirely possible that at some point in time, members of Lenin's family also exiled from Russia either before the revolution uh-huh. or maybe even after the revolution would have found their way to Britain of all places to settle down. I guess anything is possible. Mm-hmm. But he's not the same person. Yes, right. they are not the same people. All right. They have de- they have definitely both had a profound influence on oh. uh, on the world. Just one for musical and and the other for political. One has a one has I think a good <laughs> reputation around the world no matter where you go. The other has a good reputation in some parts of the world and an evil reputation in other parts of the world. True. Actually, I suppose that could be the same of both of them. I don't know. Maybe the Beatles aren't as beloved as I. I just no, I assume think, they are. <laughs> I think generally they are, but there's always right. a chance that there's some corner of the globe that think that he's the devil. Mm. Anything's possible. All right, well, thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, then please subscribe, tell your friends, and leave us a five-star review. If you'd like to hear a future episode with more information about today's topic, contact us on Gmail, Facebook, Instagram, or TikTok at Married to History Pod. Also, please contact us if you have a silly question idea, or if there's something from history that you would love to learn about. Just be sure to specify in your message if it's silly or serious, because we don't want to treat a genuine quest for knowledge as a joke. I don't want to laugh at you if you don't know the difference between John Lennon and Vladimir Lennon. Oh, okay, I take it back. Me. I do want to laugh at you if you don't know the difference between those two, but I shouldn't laugh at fools. Mm-hmm. Talk to you next time. Bye. Bye. Aloha, I'm Christopher, and I still have a fancy piece of paper over my wall that said, over my wall? Let me try that again. <laughs> with my weight in Wildcats, with my weight in Wildcats. <laughs> Why do I have to wait? It, it closed. Clo- I thought you had a history I question for me. It. So apparently you didn't have it. The window closed. You were reading it off of a script. The window I wonder how much easier my job would be if I could just read everything off of a script. Yeah. One might say a lesson plan is a script. Lesson plan. People who do their lesson plans wrong, or if I should say boring, is a script. A good lesson plan has plenty of room for improvisation when mm-hmm. the questions come that are surely going to be something you couldn't be prepared for, like our show is. Mm-hmm. Hey, honey, I have a history question for you. Didn't I say this already? I love history questions. I wanted to make sure I had a good take. Let's do it again. You're going to risk deleting all the previous stuff? <laughs> this, is, this is radio gold, woman. I'm not sure everyone would agree. But let's do it again so I have a really good clean take, okay? Fine. (laughs) Hey, honey, I have a history question for you today. I love history questions. Don't sound like it. If Lennon... I love history questions! Okay, you blew out the speakers. (laughs) How many times are you going to make me do this? It's okay, I can fix that.